0: Well, if you can, now take your Bibles uh, or whatever you view the Bible on and stand with me now and honor the word of God. And we're going to read a passage from 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 20, 2 Kings chapter 20. Just to let you know, if you are in Philippians, you are way late. And if you are in Genesis, you show up early. Just come on, squeeze past the uh, a little bit through the the middle section of, of the Old Testament, and you'll get around there to the to the historical books, uh, and go to 2 Kings chapter 20. And again, if you if you are in those other two books, you need to be in Sunday school, pronto. Okay. <laughs> Second Kings 20. And in honor of my my uh, one of my pastor friends, he would always say, "If you gotta say yes, sir." Okay, let's do it again. If you gotta say yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, that means you got it. Okay, if, you're not, if you didn't have it, you, it was okay for you not to say so, but I would think you would be there by now. Second Kings chapter 20. It says these words In those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death. And Isaiah the prophet, son of Omoth, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Then he turned his face towards the wall, Hezekiah did, and prayed to the Lord, saying this, Remember now, O Lord, I pray, how I've walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what is was good in your sight. And and the Bible says, And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And it happened before Isaiah had gone out into the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus says the Lord, The God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. (laughs) On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord. And I will add to your days 15 years. And I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city for my own sake and for the sake of my servant, David. Then Isaiah said, take a lump of figs. So they took and laid it on the boil, and he recovered. And Hezekiah said to Isaiah, What is the sign that the Lord will heal me, and that I shall go up to the house of the Lord the third day? Then Isaiah said, This is the sign to you from, from the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing which he has spoken. Shall the shadow go forward ten degrees, or go backwards ten degrees? And Hezekiah answered, It is the easy thing for the shadow to go down ten degrees. No! but let the shadow go backward ten degrees. So the so Isaiah the prophet cried out to the Lord, and he brought the shadow ten degrees backwards, by which it had gone down on the sundown of Ahaz. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated in the house of God. Today in your hearing... I just want to simply take some time, as we reflect on Cancer Awareness Sunday, I just want to simply take some time to talk about some key lessons that I learned from King Hezekiah. Lessons I learned from King Hezekiah. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, how grateful we are that we could be able to take the time now to spend in your word. As John the Baptist declares, I do the same. I decrease, Lord, you increase, I become less and less, Lord, you become more and more, because the word that the people are going to receive is not mine, it's yours, yours stands forever, yours is powerful than any two-edged sword, yours, Lord, will indeed not return void, so, Lord, speak to your people, Lord, we know we have an enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God, you've come to give life and to give it more abundantly, And we are here to just uh, receive, and not only receive, Lord, but be able to put into practice the things that you share with us today. And we just ask for you now. Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us right now into all truth. We want to give you praise, give you glory and honor, O Lord, because you are worthy. And we thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody sit. it. Amen. Again, the, the teenagers, they have the worksheets and those that... Uh, I want to fill in the blanks too? Again, if you uh, didn't raise your hand, just uh, we'll try to, uh, the ushers to get uh, one to you. If you want to be able to follow on but again, I'll have the points on the screen. But I want to make sure that the guys will engage with me. Uh, they want to because so, again, they, they they told me that they they said they wanted to be more engaging more engagement, and so I want to be able to help in this. So this is one of the starts that we'll do uh, with that. So again, teenagers, if you don't have a pencil, I got some pencils up there. And we're going to be filling in the blanks as we go through the lessons. And just as Pastor Ray, we're going to do this in three points. Three lessons that I've learned from Hezekiah. The first lesson that I learned is this. There is no if. There will be trials in your life. There is no if. There will be trials in your life. You see, saints, uh, we've we, we got to put this out for people. Uh, the journey is not going to be cake and ice cream, just whatever your favorite flavor may be. The road is not going to be soft and fluffy like your favorite tissue. This road will be hard and for a lot of of people today let alone young people old people alike we want to tear down the myth that the Christian life is an easy life we've got to tear that down this is not an easy life there is no if and I want the kids and the teenagers to grab hold of this now some of you uh, may not have uh, you know experienced this but many families where kids are born with Down syndrome are there's a, uh, a cancer that comes in their childhood age it's tough it's not easy at all there is no if in this and and and, and I want to go ahead and, and put this out of the way right now that there are some situations that occur in our lives That is due to sin. Those are consequences to the bad decisions, to the sin that we've committed. And again, for those of you that don't know what sin is, sin is anything that you think, that you say, that you do, that displeases God. You need something a little more simpler than that? It's simply you not following God's instructions. If you need an example, again, you can look at the story of Adam and Eve. God gave an instruction they did not follow it, and because they did not follow it, God told them, "You you read it just as much as I did." He said, "If you eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will what? Come, come on, come on, say it again. You're sure you' showing up gonna die, for real, for real, one hundred no cap. You gonna die? Did that stop them? As we saw, no. And God had to to deal uh, with that. There are some situations in our lives that, yes, there's consequences. And then you see the consequences of what takes place. Uh, growing up, when Pastor McNeil, we, we would always go every first Sunday, we would always go over First Corinthians 11. And we'll get down to that part where right there around the end uh, of that chapter, it says, and, and that's why some are weak, some are sick. And what some surely what they they die because of the consequences uh, of sin that's why we when we come to communion we we tell you hey y'all want to take that seriously take it very seriously there is no if there will be trials in your life y'all remember King David King David had committed adultery with Bathsheba and there were consequences to that sin Y'all remember the baby that Bathsheba was pregnant with? That baby died. You remember he had a daughter. His daughter was raped by one of his sons. I ain't making this up. This is in Scripture. His daughter, David's daughter, was raped by one of David's sons. I'm not, Again, I'm not making this up. And then one of David's other sons killed the son that raped the daughter. Again, I'm not making this up. This is in Scripture. You got, that's why you got to read about. God dealt with David. Matter of fact, one of his sons uh, almost really, really overthrew him. If it had not been for the grace of God, David would have been wiped out. But God, in his faithfulness and his covenant, kept David. Because, again, it's a prime example. There are consequences to sin. You remember Jonah? God gave him instruction. Jonah decided that he was going to pass up on that instruction and go on a cruise. And because of him wanting to go on a cruise, the crew on that ship almost died. I'm not making this up. This is in Scripture. And he was swallowed up by a big fish. All because consequences of sin. So again, there are things that do occur in our lives, but it's because of consequences of sin in this story leads me to share this point with you some situations that occur in your life you didn't do anything to cause it it's not your fault and I, I need to i need to make sure you heard me some situations in your life you had nothing to do with. this is what happened with king hezekiah but before we get into king hezekiah y'all remember joseph Joseph wasn't doing anything but obeying what his dad told him to do. He told him to go check on his brothers and give a report. You know, you get a report and come on back and tell me what happened. But y'all know what happened. Joseph was sold into slavery by his own brothers. Again, I ain't making this up. This is in scripture. And then when he was in the slave master's home, the slave master's wife falsely accused Joseph of rape. I ain't making this up. This is it again. No, nothing he did. Matter of fact, he even told the lady. He said, lady, I can't do this. I can't have sex with you in front of God. No, you're married. This is your husband. has been good to me. I can't do this. This That's what happened. Again, remember Job. Job lost his wealth, his children, and almost his health. He didn't do anything. He, all he was doing was, was trusting the Lord, but he made a statement. Pastor would always share this. Pastor knew would always share this. Though he slay me, wait a minute. This is God. God's love. God's kind. How? Job made the statement. Though God, he didn't say he didn't say God openly, but he said though he slay me, yet I'm going to serve him. There's gonna be some situations in your life. There'll be trials because again, it's 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 it, it happens. It's life. It, it occurs. That's what happened with King Hezekiah. King Hezekiah, matter of fact, let's go up a couple of chapters. Let's go back up to 18. Go back up to 2 Kings 18. I want you to follow me here. Back up to 18. 2 Kings 18. I want you to follow me. Because again, Hezekiah, out of, out of most of the kings, not only in the northern kingdom, but also in the southern kingdom, Hezekiah was, was a special man. And it reads as this, it says, now it came to pass in the third year of Yeshua, the son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he began when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abai, the daughter of Zechariah, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it one more again, so y'all don't miss it. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father David had done, because y'all know David was known as the man after God's own heart. Verse 4, he removed the high places and broke the sacred pillars and, and cut down the wooden image and broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made because they, they started worshiping the bronze serpent as an idol. For until those days the children of Israel burnt incense to it. Come on, somebody. And called it Nahushtan. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor who were before him. For he held a fast to the Lord, and he did not depart from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses, that the Lord was with him. He prospered him wherever he went, and he rebelled against the king of Assyria and did not serve him. And then he shows, and then talks in verse 8 about the other victories that that God would give him because of his faithfulness and obedience to to the Lord. So as you see, he he was a man that followed the Lord. He was doing what was right in the sight of God. He he, he did the things that needed to be done. He removed everything that was hindering the people from worshiping the one true God. But then, life hits. Life hits. And in verse number 20, in, in chapter 20, it says this. And in, and in those days, because if you go up to 19, you'll see what God begins to do. You know, the, the Syria comes back because of the rebellion that that, the, that Judah presents. But then life hits, and, and it says, in those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death. <laughs> and Isaiah the prophet, you know, the, the Isaiah with the six, 66 chapters, that, that, that Isaiah. Isaiah the prophet, the son of Omas, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord. Now, this is again the Lord said, the Lord said this. I don't want you to miss this. He said, Set your house in order. Now, now I'm, I'm gonna pause right there. I want to pause. That phrase that you ever, that you've heard growing up, most of the most of the older uh, uh adults in the room, kids, no teenagers, they know about, they you've heard that phrase, set your house in order. Most of the times when you heard that, that meant, hey man, uh, uh, you, most of the times it meant, hey, you need to get saved. And, and you, want, you want to try to get to heaven one day. Because you don't want to go to hell, you, want, you get your house in order. But in this case, what God is saying, here, set your house in order for you shall die and not live. Again, the Lord said this, not man, for anybody in the room that might have been, that went to the doctor and you heard a doctor tell you, hey, I looked at the x-ray, I looked at the CAT scan, I I looked at your blood work, and something ain't right. I think it might be cancer. Maybe you might be like the people that, that worked at Sam's Club over there off of Turner Hill. You you, 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 you you were heading to work you might didn't want to go to work but you headed to work anyway and you get to the door and they have a little sticky note on the door saying, hey, guess what, you've been laid off what do you do? some people, have, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to say anybody in this room but some people have have gotten the news, they, they went into their homes and And there was a Dear John letter. There was a letter letting them know that, hey, I'm I'm leaving you. This this relationship's done. I can't take it no more. What do you do? (sighs) I just want you to come with me. I want you to come with me because, again, life hits, and, and teenagers, I want you to understand, it may not hit you right now, but it's coming. In my lifetime, uh, in high school, I had several friends to die. One of my friends, he was, we, we were, we were going to graduate a month later, a month later. He takes the MARTA bus home because uh, we, we practice, um, you know, band practice every afternoon. And he got on the martyr bus. Lived right off Rainbow. And y'all know, y'all, y'all that's that know about Rainbow Drive, y'all know there's this big old hill. And y'all heard how I said it, right? That's that big old hill that, you know, you come down, you better slow down. I'm telling you, man, you can fall off the road. But at that hill, uh, that's where his stop was. And he got out. And instead of going or waiting for the bus to drive off and other cars to go, he decided to go around the back of the bus. And he was hit, hit instantly. What do you tell his mom? What do you tell his family. Another classmate of mine is at PE. He was at PE. What's you at PE? You play. That was a young man, a young student, another classmate of ours. He was suspended, decided to come back to school. And for some apparent reason, he felt that my classmate looked at him wrong, and they proceeded to be scuffled. Um, I'm to my classmate. The other classmate had a knife. It stabbed him there. What do you tell his mother? What do you tell his father? Because again, life hits. There is no if. There will be trials in your life. And I know some of you might be thinking, well, Toby, man, this is so so devastating. This is, I I can't take this, and I'm trying to help you to understand. I understand. I'm I'm in the same predicament right now. But the Lord led me to share this next thing with you, that that there's a purpose behind the trial. Go to James. I'm going to read. As my, my dear pastor always would take us to, to the New Living Translation. I want, I want to read this one in the New Living Translation. Verse number 2 of James 1 says, And dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind I'm going to read that little part again. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to do grow. Has a chance to grow. Verse four. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, uh huh, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So again, when your faith is tested. Your endurance has a chance to grow. So what's the purpose in the midst of the trial? Is development. It's development. God is doing something in you. And what is he doing in you? He wants to make you more like him. But the only way that's going to happen is through trials. Troubles of any kind. And not only that. Dr. Stanley, before he passed, Dr. Stanley said something to our current president and CEO he said this he, he says you go through the trials also to let others that are going through the same thing you're going through is that you've been there that you can identify. I think some of the struggles that Christian that Christians have when it comes to evangelism sometimes they can identify. Because they see us with the suit and the tie and the dress on. You know, and they instantly think that it, everything is all perfect and good. And it ain't. And we got to keep it real, folks. But sometimes God has us going through the things so that we can say, hey, you know what? Hey, yeah, you got financial issues? Hey, you know what? I am too. It ain't easy. It ain't, it ain't easy at all. It's not easy at all. But what is he doing? He's developing me, he's developing you. So that we can become complete and perfect. And there's only one person that's perfect. Who is that person, people? Jesus. He's perfect. God is perfect. But the only way he's going to make you perfect, make you mature, is you got to be developed. And that ain't going to happen when you're walking on fluffy clouds. It's not going to happen when you're eating cake and ice cream. It ain't going to happen. There is no will. There's a will. It will. Okay, so I, I ju- we just want to make sure that you get that get that together. If it's anything that I want you to grab hold of is that first lesson. That's what happened with Hezekiah. Hezekiah received that news, and it shook him. It shook him. Let's go back to the text. Second Kings twenty. Yes. After hearing the news, lesson number two. Lesson number two. You got your paper. Here comes filling the, fill the blanks. Lesson number two. Don't run away, drift from, complain to, or doubt God. Run to, cling to, lean on, and communicate with Him. Communicate with God. Don't run away from God. You know, after hearing the news that you're going to die and not live, that for any natural person, yes, I am running away. I'm done with you, God. Why would you let that happen? You, you, you're telling me I'm going to die. You. You're the God that, that, that brought Israel out of, out of an oppressive hand of Egypt. You are the one that provided food for them. You are the one that kept their clothes new. You are the one that did all of this stuff, and now you're going to let me die? Don't run away from it. But it, it happens, because life hits And when you don't see the answers. When he doesn't provide on time. Or on your time. Or on my time. When you see the loved one in pain. And you can't do anything. It's easy to run away. Easy. Easy. Can tell you, can, and, and all the older adults that are up in here can testify to you, young people. Okay, that we can testify to you. Nice and nephew, you, you gotta understand, it's easy to run away. It's easy to give up. It's easy to throw in the towel. It's easy. But 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 this old boy from, from just down the street, just a few miles from Decatur, where it's greater, just wanted to remind you that you don't want to do that. Don't run away. Don't run away. It's it's easy. It's easy. Easy. But the problem is the benefits on the back end will hurt even worse. Don't run away. Don't drift. Don't complain. Y'all remember when the children of Israel complained? (laughs) God, you, you gave us this manna from heaven. I'm tired of this manna. They didn't have to pay no money for it. They didn't have to cook no. They have have no microwave. They have no stove, and and they didn't have to do anything. All they had to do is receive. But yet, this—this—are we tired of this? We don't want this no more. And y'all know what happened? Okay, you okay? You want meat? Okay, I will give it to you. Y'all remember what the Bible says? I ain't making this up. The meat came. The quail came, them folks was literally taking those quails and eating them raw. Because they they felt like God didn't do enough. And God dealt with them. And it's just a reminder that God will deal with us when we complain. Oh, oh yeah, you oh you want that? Okay, I'll give you what you want. But you ain't gonna like it. You might like it a little bit, but you ain't gonna like it in, all, in the end. You ain't gonna like it. What you, what you want to do is you want to run. But God, you want to cling to God. You, 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 you want to lean on God. <sighs> There's a couple of things I want to share with you. If you have the sheet there in front of you. It's okay to be honest with God. The reason why I say this, look at the text. Look at what the text in verse 2 says. Verse 2 says this. Then Hezekiah, he, turned his face towards the wall. Now, now I don't know if Hezekiah was in pain. Not sure if he could move the text doesn't reveal this but most times usually uh, the 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 posture for someone in prayer usually is on their knees or, or even on their face to the ground but about says he turned his face to the wall now y'all know that uh, uh the the children of israel uh looked to jerusalem where the temple was and sometimes they would pray in that direction, and that could be what might be the case here, too. But in this case, maybe he was in so much pain that all he could do was just look at the wall. But he did something. Look at what the next phrase says, and y'all y'all read it with me. And he did what? Pray to who? Uh, he, he, didn't pray, he didn't pray to no psychic friends. He didn't pray to his mama. He didn't pray to his daddy. He went to the Lord. He prayed to the Lord. Run to the Lord. Communicate with the Lord. He, he, he prayed to the Lord. And look what he says. He says in verse 3 Remember now, O Lord, I pray how I've walked before you in truth. And with a loyal heart, and have done what is what was good in your sight. Did you hear? Did you hear what Hezekiah did? What he said, he was honest with the Lord. He kept, Lord, look, 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 look at what I've done. You read it in verse, you read it in chapter 18. He was right. He did things right in the sight of God. He obeyed God fully with all of his heart. And it's okay to be honest with the Lord. It's all right to tell the Lord that, you know what, Lord, me being laid off, that sucks. It's horrible. I hate it. It's okay to be honest with him. Right now, my financial situation, I can tell you right now, it, ah, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Many of you, the health diagnosis that you've been received I know that you wouldn't wish that on your enemy as well. But it's okay to be honest with you, Lord, I don't like this report. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't. Mm-mm, 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 I don't. But you notice how he didn't run away from the Lord. You notice how he didn't complain to the Lord. You notice how he didn't doubt the Lord. He ran to the Lord. And the Bible says that he wept bitterly, which leads me to say this to you today, that it's okay to cry. It's okay to cry. It's okay. Everybody and their mama don't need to know your tears. But it's okay to cry. Because sometimes there's a pain that you can't bear. You got to let it loose you can't hold it in it's okay to cry it's quiet he wept bitterly why because he received the news he's going to die it's okay you got cancer it's okay to cry ah mm, it's okay if you hey if you if you lost your job and still still can't find one it's, it's okay it's okay to cry mm. if you're in a tough relationship right now it's okay it's okay to cry and the reason why, it's okay to cry, because God sees your tears, and he's counting each and every one of them. So it's okay to cry. The reason why I say this, look at what the text says. And it happened before Isaiah had gone out to the middle court, that the Lord, that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Return and tell Hezekiah the leader of my people. Thus saith the Lord, the God of David your father, I have heard your prayer. And I, look at what it says. I've seen your tears. Aren't you grateful for a God like that? Aren't you grateful? Oh, this is what gives the relationship of a mother and a father so so uniqueness. <laughs> you know? I'll never forget. I think I told this to you guys. My, my dad told me. He, t- he told me. He said, Tobin, don't you go out there riding that bike with your flip-flops on. But you do it. That sandals, sandals, y'all, sandals, y'all, sandals, sandals, sandals. Don't go out there riding that bike with that flip-flops. On. And, and he just said, don't go out there doing it. But, but i had a, I had a neighbor of mine she was like come on let's race Toby come on let's race you, you are you chicken for blah, blah, blah. Like, oh lord like I ain't gonna let this girl beat me I ain't gonna mm, I ain't gonna let it I ain't gonna let it happen we raced Ooh, i was in the lead y'all doing real good and then and then and then she and then she moved the bike over and bumped me over and and there goes Toby Knee all, both knees all scratched up. All ten toes. I'm telling y'all, this is for real, for real. I ain't making this up. All ten toes. stand up. He skipped oh my gosh, skid up. And, and I'm, yes, I'm in pain. I'm crying. My, you would think that my neighbor friend would, hey, you know what? I need to go tell Toby's parents he ain't doing right. This girl took off to the house and left your boy on the ground. And if it had not been for the back doors being open, my dad saw me. He came out. And, and, you know, in the midst of my pain, I said, well, man, shoot, I better get ready. I'm about to get whooped right now. Even with these skinned knees and and toes, I'm about to get tore up out here in this cul-de-sac. Thank the Lord he he didn't do that. Dad looked at me. He, He brushed me off. He saw my tears. He saw my tears. He didn't he manage me up, and I'm, I'm I'm not making this up. He literally, he literally said it. <laughs> I ain't, I don't got to whoop you. The ground already did that. Both knees, skin up, both to all, all ten toes. Cause, you know, and I'm walking, you know, he, he didn't bench, you know, bench me up, and put all that alcohol, everything. You know, I was like, okay, cool. I'm good for the rest of the day. No, let's go to Red Lobster. Y'all know the Camarillo Red. Let's go to Red Lobster. So I'm sitting up here in pain. I can't walk. And, I'm, 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 and at, the, at the Red Lobster. So you, you, well, I said all that to say that, that he counted my tears. He, he saw my tears and he bandaged me up. And and, 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 and that's what God did for, for Hezekiah. So that's, this is the reason why you need to talk with God. You, you got to communicate with him. You have to communicate with him and then listen to him because you just don't know. Your blessing could be right around the corner. Because that's what happened. That's what happened. God stopped the prophet Isaiah and told him to turn back around. Because I got to give a word to Hezekiah. And that word was, I, I, I'm going to hear you. I, I surely, surely, if you hear if truly, surely, just, just just go ahead and take it like this, for real. You know, you know, you see that y'all remember them, them gifs that you see that say 100, no cap. You get you know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. He he. Surely I will heal you, and that's what he did. He did, which leads me to the last lesson that I I, I want want to share with you. Last lesson, I told you I'm gonna take my seat. I'm done. I'm i straight. like I said three points. Thank you, Pastor Ray. Three points. That's all. I, that's all I need to do. Three points. Lesson number three. Lesson number three. You see it, God is sovereign. God is sovereign. And for teenagers, young adults, I I simply want to put it like this. Next slide. God can do what he wants, how he wants, when he wants, and he doesn't need your help. Because he is capital G, capital O, capital D. Okay, for all you Bible scholars out there, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital T. Because he's God. The problem is, Toby can do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants, and he don't need God's help. Put your name in there too. Because why? Because we, we want to be. And we got Adam and Eve in trouble. Oh, I can eat this. It looks good. And it got him dead. So you gotta understand something. God is gonna either God won't change. I I I I'm I am i I'm grab hold of that church. Grab hold of that. God won't change. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God won't change. Okay, that neighbor had bad breath. You you missed it. They didn't they didn't catch it. Look at look to the neighbor on the other side. Look to the neighbor on the other side. Maybe they might be behind you. Look to the other neighbor. And look at him, look at him dead in the face. Give them that baptist look. You look at him, give them that baptist look. And say, neighbor, God won't change. He won't. He won't change. But God can change this. God can change this. Look at go ahead and write this down, kids. Go ahead and write this down. Anybody got those got the point? Write this down. God can change you. That's all he wanted to do. That's all he wants to do is to change you. He wants to change you. And God can change your situation. He can do it. That's point number two. He can change your situation. He can change it. Because that's what he did with Hezekiah. Hezekiah was going to die. It, it just going to happen years down the road. He changed the situation. God can change your situation around. That's why it's so important that you talk and you listen to him because you could miss it. Hey, I healed you. Did you hear me? I healed you. And this is how, how much I healed you. He can do that. He can change your situation around. But, but, even if he doesn't change your situation, the intent of God is to change You. Because remember, it's all about development. He wants to make you more like him. That won't change. He, he, he don't want you's and me's in heaven. He wants him. He wants more of him in heaven. That, that's why when he sees me, he doesn't see me. He sees his son. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Please hear him God God the Father is is so much in love with Jesus. And by you being connected with Jesus, he's in love with you. And he wants to change you. Y'all remember Paul? Paul had a thorn of affliction. And he asked the Lord to take that thorn away. And the Lord didn't do it. Matter of fact, he told him, he said, Paul, I'm not taking that away from you. But he said, I'm, I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you grace. And not only I'm going to give you grace, but in the time that you're weak, that's when my strength is going to be available to you. Because now, since, since he's changing me and you, what me and you are going to lean on? Less of us, more of him. That's why when you hear me pray, I'm not making this up. I'm doing what John did. John said, hey man, Jesus is here now. I can go ahead and become less and less and Jesus can become more and more. If he changes you, you're going to become less. Jesus is going to become more. So let the trials, because they're going to come, let them come. Because it's an opportunity for him to make less of you more of him. Less of you. More of him. Because it's not about you. It's not about me. But well, we got to keep it real. We got to keep it frank. got to keep it 100. We want it to be about us. Come on, somebody up in here. Come on. I ain't the only one. We want, we want this to be about us. We want it to be the Toby show. We want it to be uh, the Tony show. We want it to be uh, the John McNeil show. We want it to be the Chris show. We want it to be the Tanya show. No, we, uh-uh. it ain't uh, our show. It's God's show. It's Christ. Christ should be the one in the forefront. Christ should be the one. It's he. is It's more like, so when you when the trials hit... Because they're going to hit. Just know that there's a God that you can run to, not run away from. And remember, when you communicate with that God, remember God can do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants. He can turn a situation. He can turn it just, just like that. But then sometimes he'll do like joseph he might let that thing go about 40 something years but he changed it because he did everything to prepare joseph same thing with david everything david had went through was in preparation so that when when the kingship came he was ready and could it be that god is doing the same thing in your and my life that he's setting us up because there's a position he's getting us ready for. There, There is a blessing that's coming our way. And then when we receive that blessing, we won't hold that blessing to ourselves, but we will be less of us and more of him. And then we will give that blessing to whoever really needs it the most. I'm here just to remind you. I'm here just to remind you that there's lessons that you'll get in the Word of God. This is the reason why we encourage you to read the Word of God. This is the reason why we tell you, But Pastor McNeil, even though he had... Had shared it, and it it sounds weird when when he says it. It's true. Pastor would say this, eat the book. It sounds weird, don't it? Because immediately you think, okay, I'm going to take the papers and rip it out and eat it. No. Come with me to Joshua. Come with me to Joshua. I'm messing with all the people in the discipleship class right now. Come with me to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua 1. Uh huh. Come with me to Joshua. See, so you see, I'm giving all these plugs for the discipleship class. That's why you got to get the discipleship class. And Doctor Stanley, one of his favorite verses was verse number nine. But his mama shared with nine with him. But but he he took the time to reflect on verse number eight. And in our discipleship class, that's one of the things that you learn. Uh, is this verse right here and it says this these words here this book of the law when, when the application for us, the, the Bible, the whole word, the 66 books, shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate in it day and what and night that you may observe to do all to all that is written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. A lot of people are like. How can I? What what can I do? How can I get to where I need to go? Look at what God tells you right here. You want to have good success. You want your way to be prosperous. Get in the book. We're not making this up. I told you. I, I, to, I tell the kids all the time, I, and I share this with you. Ephesians six stuck with me, and it was because my pops always told me, "Get you. You, you need to read read read, read six. Read six. See, if you read six of Ephesians, then you ain't gonna act up in school. Because what does it say in Ephesians 6 1? Obey your parents and the Lord, for it's the right thing to do. And if you honor them, God's got a blessing in store for you. And if you honor them, then guess what? That's gonna trickle. And you're gonna honor Mr. and Miss So and so at the school. Then you're gonna honor the police officer. Then you're gonna honor your supervisor. Then you, you it goes a long way. See, it's, but it, but, I, but I had to get in the book to get that. You and me got to get there. We, ha- we have to get there. We have to get there. All right, I'm going to take my seat. I'm going to take my seat. I'm going to take my seat. Okay, Christ Connection. Now, this is for the Sunday school <laughs> class. This is Sunday school. In Sunday school in the teen group, they always have a Christ connection at the end. And I want to leave this Christ connection with you. This isn't from the Sunday school book. God the Father knew that mankind could not save themselves. And you and I can't. You can't. No works you could do could get you into heaven. You need to understand that. You know why? Because you and I have sinned. In Romans 6.23 says that the wages of our sin is death. separate. Again, that's another scripture in the discipleship. Plan. Okay. But the gift of God is eternal life. And that came through the form of Jesus. Because of sin, mankind was destined to die apart from God. And and when we say apart from God, we're meaning that when you die, the scriptures say this, the, the scripture makes it perfectly clear. You will be placed in hell. And then after that, you will be taken out and judged at the great white throne judgment. And then you'll be tossed into a lake of fire, which the Bible says that its smoke goes up forever and ever. And it's called the second death. I'm not making it. I just want to make sure that you understand and hopefully they told me talk about hell. I want to make sure that you understood. Yes, I'm saying you. Hey, if you want to live your life apart from God and not accept Jesus Christ as Savior, the end result is you will be separated from him in a place called hell, which was not designed for you or for me. It was designed for the devil and his angels. That's a place that wasn't even made for you. But Jesus said in John 14, he says, I go to prepare a place for you. In that place, there are many mansions. And if it wasn't so, I would have, I wouldn't have told you. So this is why you want to believe on Jesus. Let me read the next part. But but Jesus came. Somebody ought to shout right there. But Jesus came to earth to change us and our situation around. Hey, you see what I told you? God wants to change you. See, you were once headed. Destined for hell, destined to be apart from God, but Jesus came and Jesus gave his life. He shed his blood, not for himself, but for you and for me. And he changed the situation around in such a way that now that you were destined to go to hell, now God changes your direction, changes your situation, and now you're destined for heaven, a place where there is no more sickness, no more pain, no more crying, no more death, and it's all because of Jesus, not you. This is why there is no salvation in no other but Jesus and I'm not making that up, you can read Acts chapter 4 the whole chapter, just read the whole chapter there is no salvation in any other but Jesus because Jesus can change you and he can change your situation around again that's the Christ connection that's what the kids get in Sunday school so you just, just to give y'all a glimpse of that Hopefully you can understand that there are lessons you too can learn. Not just from King Hezekiah, but from many in Scripture. That's why we tell you, you got to get in the Bible. You've got to read this book every day. Don't take a break from it. Just because you see Toby up in the pulpit, he reads from the Scripture, he teaches from the Scripture, he sings Scripture. That doesn't mean a hill of beans if I'm not in relationship with God. many people out there in the world and I dare I say it might be some people in this room you know you know but you don't know and God wants you to get from the point of this to this you can you can accept Jesus today his invitation is to you it's freely given will you accept Jesus today Tomorrow's not promised and maybe many of you in the room that are believers in Jesus Christ, God wants to remind you that it's okay to be honest with him. It's okay. It's okay to cry in the midst of your trial. It's okay. But understand in the midst of your trial, talk with him and then listen to him because he sees your tears and he wants to bless you you in a miraculous and marvelous way it may not happen instantly but it will happen at just the right time because he indeed is and on time yeah. lessons I learned from King Hezekiah let's pray dear heavenly father how grateful we are that we can come into your presence and that we can be able to talk with you thank you for the word now God take your word Holy Spirit, third person of the Godhead, lead your people into truth. And we know the truth is you, Jesus. And we're grateful that we can be able to come to you. Right now, Lord, I know somebody heard this message. And it might be just like Hezekiah. They've heard some news. It's the toughest news that they've ever heard. And God, you want to, 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 to connect with them and spend time with them. Lord, help them not to run away, but to run to. Help them not to complain, but to lean on. Help them not to doubt, but to communicate with you. And Lord, for that one that does not know you as Lord and Savior, Lord, we're praying right now that you will indeed touch them. Help them to see that they need a Savior that will change their situation from the mind to the heart. And turn their eternal destiny into a destiny that is not apart from you. But to a destiny that will be with you forever. We give you praise. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen.